Nation, and welcome back to the Hive Nation podcast. Each week, we have leading experts in personal and professional development share their journeys and expertise to help you connect, engage, grow, and evolve. Here's JB to introduce today's guest. Thanks, Greg. Uh, this morning, we have Mr. Cruz Gamboa with us uh, from Boston, Mass. And Cruz is a, an executive with a uh, Fortune 100 company for over 20 years now and has really excelled within the, any position that he's had. And so uh, Cruz has is, is, is started this next journey within the entrepreneurship uh, stage. And it's very interesting to to hear his story from where he went from you know, corporate to the next level for entrepreneurship here and moving forward. So uh, Cruz is very much big on, on personal and, and guiding leadership for personal development. And, you know, it's, it's really what we're, you know, gauged around on the hive and he, Cruz is just a great fit. So uh, Cruz, thanks a lot for, for taking the time and, and being on the hive nation podcast with us today. Well, thank you, Greg and Jason, uh, for the honor of uh, inviting me to your show. And I'm super excited to be here today. Oh, that's that's awesome. The, the honor. I'm not entirely sure if that's uh, the words to that I would choose. It's, it's, all, it's always an honor, man. Every moment is just the best moment, right? Uh, I love it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for that. So we, we're going to talk a little bit about purpose today and, and, you know, the purpose of life, the purpose of your career, the purpose of whatever. And and so, you know, we talked off camera about a cruise. So I'm just going to let you, you take over and just talk about what your what your definition of purpose is, because I, I really love it. Yeah, look, I um I just think that. When you put in perspective how we live our lives, right, we we tend to get really busy uh, doing things because we're told to do them, right? We're told to go to a university, get a degree, get a good job, get married, have kids, all of that, which is all, all great. But we're never really taught, or not that we shouldn't say that, but most of us are not really taught that we actually need to do all of these things but have something that moves us that is bigger than us, right? So I think I've mentioned to you guys before that there's the, when you think about the Maslow's uh, pyramid of, uh, of needs, right? You, you have like the lower levels, which is like, we need to eat, we need to, you know, we need food, we need water, we need the basic things to live. And maybe back when we were being chased by dinosaurs, that was cool. That was just enough for us, right? But as our society industrialized and we got more sophisticated to the level that we're in right now uh, in, in, in modern society, we become more sophisticated individuals as well. We have the opportunity to, um, to really ponder like who we are. And when we don't, we kind of miss on that last part of the pinnacle of that pyramid, which is transcendence. When we don't have a purpose, we feel kind of lost because we're doing all of these things almost mechanically and we're not really listening to what resonates with us, with our, call it our higher self, or people have different ways of calling it, but with you, let's call it you, simple. So um, my observation is I see a lot of people that are just going through life as if they're just an expectator. They're just a passenger in these bus that we're calling life and you know what it 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 sucks I, I don't think it's great i personally when i was on the bus 
as a passenger, I didn't feel complete. I felt that something was missing. No matter how much success I was getting and I was getting the next goal, I was, you know, achieving all the milestones that we're supposed to achieve, I still felt that something was missing. And it was only recently that I I started to study about this subject more and more that I realized that I just needed to connect with that part of me that was yearning for something different. And I kind of like learned that I needed to find my purpose. And I think I kind of did in my in my opinion, right? I, I found my my why, so to speak. Um and it just it was a journey. And now I believe that I I because of all the work that I've done to get there, that I am in a good position to help others also find their why, whether you're an individual, a high performer individual or a company, it doesn't matter. You know, it is so important to understand. Well, first of all, to have a higher purpose, to understand why that is, how it fits with your values, and then live your life in the most authentic way in alignment with those values and that purpose. That's what makes you feel more complete. And when we talk about all of the issues that we're facing today with mental health, just people being depressed, anxious, just just having really thoughts that you know, about themselves that they're not worthy and stuff like that. Sometimes it's just really, I mean, sometimes it could be, you know, medical conditions. Let, let's just not uh, it, it agree, let's agree that that's not uh, something that could happen. It could happen, but most likely the actual issue is that it's something more about themselves. It's more about their, their inability to understand their why that's behind it. Because there's plenty of cases, and I'm sure you know some people that, you know, are struggling with mental health issues. And then as soon as they find their why, as soon as they find something that can get excited about, that's how they transform themselves. That's how they flourish. That's how you see them go from a place where, you know, they just are struggling to a place where they just they just feel more alive. And that's basically the message that I am uh, that I'm trying to deliver there's other people doing it i know like for example simon uh Sinek is one of those guys and i i just think we need a million of those guys we need everybody to be evangelized and start and we need parents to teach their kids that they just need to be really um pay attention to what is it that they want to do in this life what do they want to contribute so that's basically in a nutshell that's the summary of uh of what i do and why and, you know, that's and that's what we do with the hive is, you know, we connect with gentlemen like yourself. And at first, I should back up here a little bit. We should give a shout out to Tony Fackery. Tony uh, was on the Hive Nation podcast. Tony referred us to Cruz. And um, we met with Cruz here a couple of weeks ago. And it was just an amazing, yeah. like a fantastic conversation. And so to have Cruz on on the Hive Nation podcast today, you know, talking about you know, his purpose is, you know, very much in line with what we are trying to accomplish here as well. So Tony, thank you very much for, for the referral and Cruz, you know, thanks for, uh, for agreeing to talk to with two schmucks from Saskatchewan. But <laughs> thank uh, you to Tony as well. He's a, it's a, it's a great guy. He is a great guy. Um, and that's, uh, if anybody's listening, that's on number. I don't Put know. me on the spot and I 15, don't know, 16, but it's an impactful one. It is. It's very good. They're all impactful. So, yeah. Um, so Cruz, uh, you know, 
if you want to talk to our audience now about about how you can relate your purpose and how you can get over like uh, the, the mental health, you know, maybe struggle that you're getting if you're if you are kind of in a dark place, how you can decide that I'm going to decide to have a purpose today rather than, you know, uh, a struggle, I guess, maybe is 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 kind of a harsh word, but it's the only word I can think of right now. I think like um, we were talking a little bit before the show um, and we talked about this guy, Napoleon Hill, right? So he's a renowned uh, author, American author. Uh, he wrote a book, Think and Grow Rich. I think he wrote it like in the 30s. So at least almost 100 years. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is not new information. But he says that there's, uh, there's power to having a desire that is backed by faith. So I think the first thing that people need to do is just really have the desire to be better, to have the belief that they could be better. And actually, I'm going to I'm going to draw from another uh, important author, somebody that I've I've followed for a very long time, David Hawkins. Mm -hmm. So David Hawkins is a uh, he's a psychiatrist and a psychologist. And he basically came up with something that is called the um, this the scale of consciousness, right? So what he did, he actually he basically calibrated all of the different emotions on a scale based on the their vibration, so to speak, right? I don't know the right word for it, but it just let's just call it vibration because I think people understand that. And let's say that in the at the lowest, the lowest of the lowest is shame. And this is something that especially we men, we struggle a lot with shame. Yep. Right? But it's a very low vibration. And when you are there, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel good, man. It feels like just life is just not worth living, that you are a piece of dirt, really. Like, you know, that everything is gloomy and dark and uh, the world's against you and things like that, right? There are Believe it or not, there are little higher vibration emotions such as anger. People say, oh, anger is bad. Yeah, but compared to shame, I take anger any day, right? And then you start going up and up and you get to love, joy, realization, and enlightenment and all of that. But the interesting thing, the reason why I mention this is because in the middle of it, the threshold from when you actually, your life changes, it's one <clears throat> one emotion that is very important. Do, can you can you guys guess what that is? Ooh. No, I don't. I don't. I'll give you a hint. Courage. Okay. Oh, okay. That's yep. the threshold. You need courage. Because once you have courage, the courage to live, the courage to change. The courage to love and to be loved. The courage to be seen as who you are. That's pretty powerful. Very powerful. Let's Very role powerful. Play here. Let's role play here just a wee little bit. Let's say I have the desire to gain. I have the courage to move forward or to take the next step, as we talked about before. Uh, how do I... How do I find my purpose now within desire and courage in order to excel? 
So we uh, we were talking about identity a, a, a little few minutes ago. And um, I think it's all about the identity in the end. Um, and the acceptance of ourselves. We need to accept ourselves just as we are. And once we do that and we're, we have a more compassionate view about who we are, we can also accept that it's all in the mind, right? And if it's in the mind and we are in control of our mind, then we can change it. These are insights that you have to sit with them for a little while. They don't just like, it, not because I'm telling you all of this or telling anyone for that matter, that they're gonna get it. It's just like, these are things that you almost have to talk through with somebody, whether there's, I don't know, you're a friend, uh, a coach, a therapist, uh, a pastor. It, I mean, you you choose, right? You just kind of like need to get yourself to the point where you're like, okay, so I can be me, but I can, but me can be different things. They can be different versions of me, an upgraded version of me, right? Just think of it as a software where you are, you have the ability to code, uh, put new uh, code in that software so that that software can do more things, more expansive things in your life. That's literally what happens. What's really important is that whatever it is that you choose, that is something that is who you are, not something that you think you need to be in order to be successful because you're going to be re really bad at it, right? So you need to, for example, one way when you're actually going through that journey of self-discovery, one of the first steps that you have to take is really knowing what your values are. And we all have a lot of values that we, you know, I'm sure that if I ask you what your values are, you're like, oh, because we, we don't remember them, right? But having that clarity on what your values are is so important because then you have something to compare against. Like, for example, if somebody is bringing you uh, something, a, a deal, right? Or an opportunity like, hey, would you want to do this? I said, like, well, is it, is it in alignment with this value, this value, this value, and this value? Yes. Then yeah, that, that's something that I could consider. But if it's not, then why would you do it? Yeah. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. You're going to probably going to be bad at it, probably. You're not going to have a good time. But if you are true to yourself, and honor yourself like that, then that's how you start creating a reality around you that just feels more authentic to you. That's one thing, right? And then asking your question, asking sort of really important questions that some people, have you ever heard the concept of Ikigai? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically, it's in a nutshell, I'm gonna summarize it for people, is what you're good at you know, what resonates with you and what the world needs. When those three things intersect, I'm, I'm making a, a super simple version of this. But one, once those three things intersect, you are really in a good place to create something that is of value and that comes from an authentic place. And I'm not saying that you need to be uh, Elon Musk, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that. But you can be, for example, you can be... A, community leader, helping people to get from 
whatever situation that they're in to a better situation. And you get satisfaction from doing that. And you actually get paid for doing that. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, if that's your calling, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Right? So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that because the reality is that we all have different callings. We we need, imagine if everybody wanted to be an Elon Musk. Yeah. Like, right? It's just not possible. We're, we just no. need people who want to do different things. We need that variety of uh, desires in the world. Yeah, that's what makes the world do around, yeah. right? Different. That's ideas, right. Different values. Yeah. You know, and it's fun that you you were talking about that just real quick. So if if I have if I transform my mindset, and I have the desire and courage, how many identities can I have? Well, um, I'm not sure that you can. That it's uh, identity is a identity. It's a big word, right? It is because it's almost like a a moving target. I'll I'll switch the I'll switch the question just a wee little bit then on you, Cruz. Just so, so can I have a different version of the identity that I have? For example, I have I want I have a business identity, I have a family identity, and I have a community identity. Can I totally? Can the I? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so but I can, you... I can I can intersect or I can I can put all those together within. One um, under one umbrella, I guess, is the question I'm asking. You know, I honestly, um, the way that I am doing it, and I, I mean, and be careful what you guys do, but I, I, this is the way I'm doing it, is I'm just trying to be the most authentic version of myself. I try to present myself the same way, whether I'm here with you guys in this great post podcast, or if I'm with my family, or if I'm in a different you know, social setting, or if I'm buying something at Target, I it, it's just I just try to be me. Because it's just it's easier. It's easier yeah. to be you as opposed sure. to just like, oh, I'm going to be this person at work, and this person with my family, and this person with my friends. I mean, it's just it's just a, it's a lot of uh, mental effort, right? And and one thing that I'm sure you guys know this, one thing that we know about the brain, the brain is freaking lazy and smart. The brain wants to do the least amount of work in safe processing time and just do the bare minimum. So when you basically put the brain to work on these different compartments, just things get a little bit scrambled in the brain. So it's just easier, you know, from a, a productivity perspective, a mental productivity perspective, it's easier to just be you. Where does- and acknowledge and acknowledge that you are going to have different versions of yourself over time. If you actually, if I ask you, are you the same person that you were when you were 15? No, not even close. Probably not. I mean, some aspects, you know, some, you, you have some- Same mustache, you. that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, but I mean, I certainly, I feel like I'm not the same person that I was five years ago. Right. Constantly you know, five years ago, the what? Constantly growing within yourself. Yeah. Constantly, and that and that's okay. And yeah. um, and with that, I actually I actually want to throw in another concept is that um, if you actually think that like, because we the reality is as we go through life, we're gonna have some moments where we're actually we're cruising we're doing well 
and there are going to be moments where we feel like we're not cruising. We're actually kind of in a more contractive mode. Okay. But if you actually plot it out, and I actually did the exercise, by the way, I started to write down all of the things that were great in my life and also all of the things that were, you know, low points, so to speak. I realized that a lot of the great things that I did were preceded by low points. So what if, what if is not supposed to be linear? What if failure is just part of success? Right? Yeah. And we accept that as just part for the course, but it's just, it's just going to happen. I'm going to fail at some things. Okay. I yeah. accept it. First attempt in learning. So um, the the question I was going to ask you was, where do egos come into the play of identities? Uh, that's, a, that's a big question. So the egos, we, we need an ego. We all need it, right? It's just part of, um, it's just, part of the the mental program within our brain that sort of guides our personality we need it okay the problem is that the ego tends to be a representative for the a more primal version of ourselves so the ego is almost there to protect us for example if you're doing something that is kind of scary your ego is like, dude, don't do that. You're going to fail. Remember, you failed before, right? You're going to fail this time. People are going to think that you're whatever, you know? So this is the the ego playing, playing what it's, I mean, it's just, it's just doing its function in a way. So we have to, you know, thank the ego for whatever it, it is that it does, because it does help in certain uh, areas. And it certainly it's certainly responsible for creating what we call our personality. It's kind of like the that integrating persona yeah. uh, within our brain. So we need it. But if we actually look, we have a more uh, objective perception of what the ego does, and we just see it as okay, that's my ego is not me. I'm not my ego. I can bend my ego. I can override my egos chattering right i can overwrite it so if we start looking looking at it like that then it becomes it becomes an ally man it becomes an ally because it's just another another sub program within your brain that will give you information it's like hey remember when you're like okay thank you i don't need that right now right now i need to be focused on this i need to be present in what i'm doing and i need to do it with courage because that's what's functional to me that's what I need in my life to get to where I'm going. And that's so why I, I appreciate the, it, but thank you. No, thank you. That's why we talk about the alter ego a lot. Yeah. About having that ability to have that alter ego and to switch it on and off as you need it as you go. And so whether you have a trigger or whether you have a moment that yeah. you need to put it on and off, that we 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 are, are firm believers in the alter ego as to what you just said. You have your your ego that you you know you thrive on, you know, through everyday life. But then when something comes up, so say you have to give a speech in front of 10,000 people and uh you know you're nervous about that 
if you can switch a, a different ego on now or an alter yeah. ego in that case, you know, to take on that ability to, you know, talk to in front of 10,000 people, it makes it easier for, you know, you mentally and, you know, physically as well. Well, I think going back to <clears throat> the conversation that we're having right now, I'm not going back, but to take a few steps back on the identity part and the ego part and our purpose and tying it all together. Our identity is ours. That's, that's that. Nobody can take it. In a world where it's easy and there's all of this duplication and copy and paste and you know sometimes a lack of originality, our identity is what we believe, what we're doing, what our purpose is, and our egos, our alter egos, help us flip the switch and that focus where, yeah, yeah for me, when I'm in the podcast mode versus when I'm coaching judo, I have different focuses and I use different alter egos, but my projection is the exact same because there's still the purpose. What's my purpose? Well, for me, a big one of my purposes is coaching and helping people grow and helping people understand maybe what their purpose is. And I think our alter egos are a crazy powerful tool because it just switches it like Kobe Bryant in the book, like the book is right here that we're talking about says Kobe Bryant never played, played basketball or no, sorry. It wasn't Kobe Bryant who said that. Um, oh, I just said a brain fart football player. At the very start. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson never played it down in football. His alter ego did. Bo Jackson was just the guy. Jason was his uh, alter ego. That's the, person who played all those footballs that foot downs of football that's the person who was super successful but it was bo jackson's identity it was him being genuine to himself and using that alter ego as a vessel for focus yeah i i, I love what you just said i uh, it totally resonates with me and i and i agree with it and uh and i think that uh what you just said is just further proof that we have more power to change our reality than we think we somehow some I mean I I know because I've been there in a couple of times or many times. We just get so um, overwhelmed by all of the different expectations and pressures that we put on ourselves, which are mostly fictitious, to be honest. Yeah, they don't exist. Made up, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and and to be honest, uh, the other thing that we don't do very well is to recognize that uh, human we human beings are complex very complex and in fact the other day i was at do you guys know who brene brown is sorry who brene brown no no okay so she's a uh, um researcher at the university of texas right now and she's she by the way she's written some awesome books there's one in particular called dare to lead check it out um and so brene brown what she was doing a lot of work on emotions. She's big on the emotional, uh, not not the emotional, but emotions. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's this underlying uh, message that gets delivered to all of us that if you feel your emotions, that there's something wrong with you, but that you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel emotions, right? That you should not, if you're not, you, you can be sad. Like, well, how, how dare you, right? Especially for men. 
especially for men thank oh, you you're, you're crying you're gonna give a guy a oh yeah you're emotional yes you're, so emotional is equal to weak for men right so but when you actually start um analyzing this we are human beings who happen to have emotions as well men and women we all do and i think women actually are better managers than men just because they are more in tune with their emotions mm -hmm. And we, if we as men, we tend to, you know, shut down our emotions because that's what we are taught to do, as, as I just mentioned. But my point with Brennan Brown is that she actually went really deep on her research. She basically um, found out that when she was actually trying to catalog people's emotions, she tended to capture what the underline what she thought what she interpreted what the underlying emotion was like for example somebody was or oh, you are angry you are sad you are lonely whatever it is right and then over time she realized that we human beings are much more complex than that and in fact we are multi-emotional beings so you could be you could be you could be sad and you could be happy at the same time. You could be scared and you could be excited. Like for example, if you're gonna, if you're about to do something big, you could be scared, but at the same time saying, you know what, this is gonna be great. Yeah. Yeah. So you could be excited about it. So after 10 years of trying to just basically put a put a box on emotions, it's like I give up. You know, it's I it, it's so complex. I we need to honor ourselves as very sophisticated beings when it comes to emotions. And, and it's really hard for, we don't have the language. This is what she said. We don't have the language to be able to catalog those emotions because it's, we're barely scratching the surface on understanding some of the emotions, right? Yeah. And, the, and the way that you can have multiple emotions at the same time, like how do you, which one wins? Like, and which one is masking which? So all I'm saying is, once we understand that our emotions are are there for a reason and we're able to sit with our emotions and and feel them have the courage to feel our emotions then a lot of those things that are kind of like holding us back a lot of that like sort of negative energy is going to dissipate the reason being is i think it was carl jung who said that whatever you resist persist so if you're feeling shame and you're like i know i'm not feeling shame i'm i'm a badass and you go through life with that attitude and not feeling it then what's going to happen is it's almost like this little monster that grows on you it's like an alien that you are carrying right that does not have the ability to to just flow and the minute we 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 actually decide to have the courage to sit with those emotions and say, hey, I'm feeling shame and it's okay, but I'm also feeling great, but I'm also feeling happy and I could feel content. All of those things could be true at the same time. Yeah. And then once you, you start looking at your life like that, then some of the emotions that are really holding us back and are contributing to that negative mental chatter, you, you, you have a different perspective on it. You're like, well, you know what? I get it. 
this is not I decide to latch on to a different emotion. I, I accept this emotion. I have it. I maybe I need to do some more work to understand where this is coming from. Maybe it's from something that your dad told you when you were eight, you know? And it was just very powerful to you in your life. And you have just not been able to overcome it. And you need to sit with it and just forgive yourself and your dad and just let it go. Otherwise, it just festers. So, so this is the kind of stuff that needs to, like when it comes to the world of emotions, that we probably need to change our mindset because uh, just exploring and understanding and accepting your emotions is not, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a, a great thing. It's really good for our mental health. Is that where you talked about uh, earlier in our conversation uh, off camera? You talked about resilience. Is that is that where resilience would come in at this stage? I I think that you know when you come when you think about again just going back to to that pyramid that we talked about, right? And I actually I think I can actually just show it here for you guys. Uh, let me see if I can do this, or maybe not. Um, so you, you look at the Maslow's motivational model and at the top of that pyramid, you have transcendence. And transcendence is really just the, the purpose, the, the, the meaning that you, that you find in the things that you do. The, that, that energy is what gives you the resilience and the power to just do anything in life and to accept, even when in the face of failure of setbacks, to accept what comes to you and still continue going forward because your mission is so high that you are willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Mm -hmm. And this is basically, think about in the context of the military, right? Yeah. I mean, there are, there are, uh, this is, Definitely something that the military knows uh, knows how to do well. Uh, just put a sense of a of a, a higher purpose into into the individuals uh, that are there. Because once you do, then then you're not paying attention to all the the fear that is going around you. The, the your your buddies that are getting killed or injured or whatever. You're just focused on the mission. Yeah. Same thing. It gives you the resilience to be to continue to move forward. I think Viktor Frankl is another guy. You know Viktor Frankl, right? Mm -hmm. um, so he was in uh, in 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 one of those uh, Nazi ghettos, right? And um, he talked about how people were dying right or left, and the people that die were the people that just didn't. It was actually concentration camp, not ghettos. Sorry. Uh, it, people were dying right and left because they could not find meaning. But he found meaning. He was just like, "I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to write my book. I'm going to, you know, meet with my family." Like he, he had the mindset that was getting him to be able to have the resilience necessary to withstand anything that they put in front of him. So that's just another, another uh, sort of documented. Uh, reason why just living your life with meaning and purpose is so important. Totally agreed. Cruz, could you touch to the people, uh, you know, maybe more specifically in the corporate world where I know I talk to a lot of people, whether they're at a 
you know, Fortune 100 or just any corporate position where they've now set into this task wheel of just completing tasks and maybe just chasing more money. And that's really their only motivator, which not a terrible thing all the time, but it's just become monotonous and they have no path. I had a conversation with a friend two days ago about just that. And I was like, well, a lot of the times we can't help because people need to be able to help themselves first. She challenged me and she said, well, I disagree. Those people are the people that need the most help. They just need to hear it more. So how, what, what advice would you give to those people that are just stuck on that wheel? There is purpose inside of them. They just don't know how to bring it out because they're just stuck on repeat. Well, the first thing that I'm going to say is that you're not alone, right? I uh, I was just reading a, an article the other day uh, uh, from Gallup. They actually did a, a poll in the U.S. and outside of the U.S., you know, worldwide. And they, um, they identified that there's about 59% of the workforce globally is basically not engaged there wow. it's basically the, i think they use the term quiet quitting yeah. they're just not engaged they're just going to work you know maybe talking to some people you know doing some little bit of work and then they go home that's worldwide that's 59 percent. in the u.s is 51 percent. so and when they ask those people so what is the reason that you uh that you don't that you you're not engaged they said that they could not find any purpose or meaning in the work they do so and they also in the same article they also make a a statement that they have found that the the most motivated individuals the most engaged individuals are the most productive individuals so that's an, that's yet another proof that just people need to have that clarity in their lives. So now let's talk about how you can get there. We just said a few things about how you can go about it. But the first thing that you need to understand is that you don't you don't need to change your job to find your purpose. You don't need to. It's by changing jobs, you don't necessarily upgrade your life. Upgrading your life, it starts with having the clarity to understand what is it that moves you and what do you need to do to show up in this world in a way that it's in alignment with who you are. So if you're going to be, if you're in sales, for example, and you're thinking about every lead that is put in front of you as income, you're look at, looking at it the wrong way. If you're looking at a lead as an opportunity to help someone and to create value for them and to establish a meaningful relationship and to bring the products that your company do or manufacture or the service or whatever it is to create value for someone else, that's a different mindset. And those are the people that are going to show up differently when they come to knock on your door and, and they're like, hey, I just want to help you. The what? What are your needs? 
tell me about your pain points. Um, if I did this, would it help? Uh, they're just kind of like always showing up to help from an authentic perspective because they have decided to do so. So you don't have to change your job to find your purpose. Maybe maybe it is as simple as just, hey, I'm going to, my purpose is to just show up authentically in my job. I, I, it's different from everyone, right? We talk about creating value and, and showing value all the time, Cruz. So, you know, you hit the nail on yeah. the head. We just talked about it yesterday, as a matter of yeah. fact. It's uh, we're we're doing a few things with our other company, uh, and it's just going to be a, a value a value prop. Essentially, sure. essentially is what it's going to be. Uh, so that that's awesome. That's it's perfect for what exactly what we just chatted about. Absolutely, and I think yeah. that's that's two important things that have been talked about in this conversation here. I, I've found out to even for introverts, conversation can be so powerful because it lets our ideas get out. Um, so network, obviously that's what we do. The high professional network networking unlocks those ideas. Cause Cruz has a slight, has a different purpose. JB has a different purpose. I have a different purpose. Now we have this diversity of ideas that helps me unlock that thing that was stuck in my brain that I've journaled about for 15 days straight and back to journals. So maybe you are a hundred percent an introvert and talking to people scares you and you, it drains you. It doesn't help journal let it out any avenue you can let those ideas out to start unlocking and realizing your purpose is important i'll share one i've written this down in my journal for the last three months straight because in today's world it's extremely easy to focus on dollars and the dollar value in the bottom right hand corner interest rates are awful everything's more expensive you know the list goes on on the negative connotation on money i write impact before income if I focus on that impact first, that second part, that income part will come. Totally. I, and, and honestly, I, I think that um, I, I hope that I'm not making a, a generalization here, but I, I think I've seen people in my path before that believe that what's important is the bottom line. That you say, hey, no, it's fine. This is all good talk. But, you know, and at the end is how much are you delivering? And, you know, I get that. I get that. But the reality that comes from a place of fear. That's, that's at least what I think, because what's not awesome about basically coming to your company and have it be so vibrant that when you're there, you're like, I love this place. I, you know, let's, let's create, let's sell. Let's, you know, meet our customer expectations and having people that are excited to be there with you, that are showing up authentically, that they feel that their work environment is safe in a, in a sense that you can say what you mean and what you want to say because you're saying it for the good of the company, for the good of the team, for the good of the customer. Hmm. So creating that kind of environment is what makes awesome companies a reality. And this is why some other companies, you know, they may be okay. You know, they just may be more, they may be more transactional in the way they operate. And that that's cool too. But then that's where you get people to start kind of like, oh, you know, I, I'm not sure about my path in this company. Maybe I, I want to 
explore something different because they don't they don't find that that sense of purpose and meaning in what they do because it's just all about dollars and cents. <clears throat> I'm not saying that it's it, it's just different philosophies, guys. It's, you can anyone is free to choose how they want to run their companies. Yeah. All I'm saying it's my it's my theory, my thesis that you can also take care of the bottom line. You can actually take of the of care of the bottom line and some when you create when you align the purpose, the processes, the culture with the people, when you align all of that and the customers, quite frankly, because I mean, when you, when you have companies that are doing great things, like think of like, for example, Patagonia, you know, Patagonia is just putting, it's just like high vibrations. Like, Hey, we really care about the environment. We're so serious about it that we're actually going to, if you send us your, your jacket, we're going to fix it for you because we, you know, why would you get another one if it's just, it only has a small tear. Yeah. That's, that's when you are dealing with a company like that, you're like, yeah, they just don't want to sell something to me. They just want to do, they live by their values. I don't know about you guys. That moves me. That yeah. I just feel that that's inspiring to see people being in companies, being authentic. And that's what, that's what I guess in, at the end of the, at the end of the day, why we're doing all of this, why we are trying to find purpose and doing all of these things is because we just want to be, we want to have the courage to be ourselves as companies, as people, and just show up. You know, when people are being themselves, they're happier. I want to be surrounded by happy people, people that are feel content, you know, and that are going to just make life more interesting. Yeah, Kuzi, that's that's a great way to to wrap this up, actually, you know, just to have the courage to to, to be that person, right? That's that's uh that's a great way that's a great you know stamp on this on this conversation uh why don't you uh tell the our listeners where they can find you you know where they can you know see what you're all about and uh and you know if they want to connect with you okay so right now uh you can find me on linkedin i am uh, putting together my website it was actually i you know as a perfectionist i'm taking longer than i should um so but it's it's going to come out soon, and yeah. I'm going to be also creating some some content. And I actually have uh, created already a product that I'm starting to offer uh, that is called um, Drive a Transformation cl Clarity Transformation. Basically, what it is is just a slightly short uh, program to just really for the people that are willing and ready to take that journey inside within themselves to find out like what their purpose is we're going to just spend five six weeks looking at all aspects of your life sort of starting to build a new identity of the person that you want to become with new more elevated goals in your life looking at those habits and beliefs that are holding you back you know, making plans for the short and the long run, and then just looking at ways to make sure that once you start putting all of those things into into action, that you have a support network to ensure that you have success. So that's basically like a six week wow. program. It's kind of short, but I think it's uh, it's it. You know, if it if it was longer, then people would be like, oh, it's too long. I try to make it short and and simple and to the point. Uh, I created this workbook 
to guide people through the journey. There's some journaling, to your point, Greg. I think journaling is really important. Um, and uh, that's all. I'm actually going to put some references to that on the, on the website. So if you really want to uh, talk to me about that, just just for now, just send me a message and we, we can talk. Uh, and then when it's on the website, you can check it out and see sort of uh, what the program is about. Well, that's excellent, Cruz, and we'll be more than happy to share your website uh, to within our network as yeah. soon as you get that done. So uh, okay. we'll be more than happy to put that out there for you as well. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. So Cruz, you know, thanks, thanks again for being on the, on the Hive Nation podcast. Like, it's just a yeah. great conversation again. Thank you so much. You bet. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Jason. We're out.